If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. This is Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science, and I am here with a teacher friend of mine, Nicole. She is a bio another Nicole. <laughs> she is a biology teacher, high school biology, um, and we are going to be talking about basically how we can get our colleagues on board with kind of this new way of teaching and learning and embracing that 3D and exploration and phenomena and all of that, which I know is a struggle for like a lot of teachers and a lot of teachers are feeling kind of alone when their team or their colleagues or even their administrators sometimes aren't fully understanding or embracing this type of teaching. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to let Nicole introduce herself though. Hi, my name is Nicole Harper and um, I'm from uh, Cahoka, Missouri. I teach at Clark County R1. We're a rural uh, school district um, in the northeast corner of the state. Um, this is my 24th year of teaching. I teach this year, I'm teaching anatomy, I have biology, I have conservation of Missouri biology. Um, I have an integrated science course. Um, I've also taught chemistry, I've taught physical science. Um, I've also taught um, health and physical education as well. So kind of a um, eclectic um, portfolio for myself right now. Um, I also have some extra duties where I do um, some cross country and track coaching um, in the fall and spring. Um, along with that, I have three kids. Um, my husband's the high school principal, and we are just um, enjoying the ride right now. That's crazy. That, that's a lot of preps. And that would be really strange working with your husband in that role, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've um, taught together. We've always worked together um, since the year we got married when we got our jobs. So it's oh something gosh. that we don't know any different. Yeah, that's so crazy. I don't think my husband would like me. Like me to <laughs> anyway, although now we both work at home. So um, <laughs> I guess it's kind yeah. of the same. Um, okay, so awesome. Yay, I'm glad you're here. Um, so we've been connected for, I don't know, a couple of years now through like Iceware Science programs and Academy and all of that. Now, what would you say, I always like to ask this question, like what did, were you doing before you started you know, working with the NGSS and 3D and all, and all of that, because I think a lot of times teachers think that I need to change everything I'm doing when, when sometimes there's things that were aligned. And then obviously there's things that are, were not aligned because none of us really learned this way. So of course we wouldn't teach fully 
you know, in 3D and phenomena based and everything. But like, what would you say was your usual style? And like, what have you kind of kept doing? And then what were you maybe missed? Like, what were some of the missing pieces? Uh, well, I think when, um, before NGSS was even um, adopted, um, we, well, I, myself, I just taught where I front-loaded vocabulary, did my lectures, did my labs, did the assessment, and then moved on to the next chapter. Um, I think that's just what I knew, and I think that's what a lot of us, that's how we were trained, and that's how we were taught um, as well. So just kind of going through, you know, my first several years, that's all I did, you know, kind of the same thing. I knew what I was going to do every single day, and I knew um, that today you're getting vocabulary, tomorrow having a vocabulary quiz, you know, um, things like that, which I'm sure all of us have, have done at some point, um, just <laughs> because of that, just what we know. Exactly. So um, when uh, NGSS was adopted, um, our state had not adopted um, the NGSS standards fully, um, but really didn't know what path we were going to take at the time. So there are several years there where we were kind of in limbo a little bit. And then Missouri decided that they were going to have teachers write um, the standards, which um, I was able to be a part of that. So that was a pretty cool experience for me. Um, and going in and seeing, um, putting the NGSS to work in Missouri. So when I got to do that, then I started thinking, wow, I'm like doing things. I need to change things exactly what everybody's thinking. Yeah. But then as I got to know the NGSS a little bit more, I kind of thought, well, there are some things that I might be doing because um, with the NGS style, you know, we're, we're using the questioning and using phenomena where I might have had a little bit of that in my lessons, but didn't really realize it or acknowledge that it was there yet. Um, so I um, decided that I needed to do a little bit more um, yeah. <laughs> um, learning on my own. So I went searching because I'm the only biology teacher. We have one chemistry teacher, and then we have our middle school and our elementary, which you know is just a whole different ballgame um, talking uh, on that level. So I felt pretty isolated and kind of alone. Um, a lot of the other districts around, I have teacher friends there, but they weren't really into, or they weren't on board with the NGSS yet as well. So I just kind of did some searching and I found um, Nicole's um, free five series um, boot camp on NGSS and storyline. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. You know, it's free, great price, you know? Yeah. Uh, so. I have nothing to lose exactly. <laughs> except my time or whatever. So, you know, um, which started off as like a basic step-by-step -step kind of intro to each step of the NGSS. So I was like, okay, cool. After I finished this, I was like, like, all right, I can do this. You know, I know how I can change what I have and how I can implement and put that in here and just kind of flip flop things around um, and not have to start from scratch. So after that um, little boot camp, then I kind of thought about it and I got some information on the academy and I'm like, you know, I'm still just not quite sure about this. You know, I feel like I need to bounce ideas off people because mm -hmm. the people that are around me have no idea what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, so I enrolled in the academy and I've been in the academy for, this will be my second year, um, just working with Nicole and just trying to get um, everything um, on board um, for myself um, at this point um, and getting through that. Yeah. So I think you definitely highlighted how a lot of 
teachers feel just like kind of alone and isolated when you're kind of going down this path and you don't have either people who, who get it or even people who teach your same discipline. You know, a lot of times it's, I'm the only middle school teacher. I'm the only sixth grade, you know, there's nobody else who even teaches this content. So I don't have anybody to talk to those, you know, about those ideas with. So, yeah, I think that's definitely representative of a lot of, a lot of just teachers. Um, what do you think, and we are going to talk about getting our, that's what we're talking about today, getting our colleagues on board. But before we dive into that, like, what do you think has been the hardest part for you with transitioning to this way of teaching? Well, uh, for myself, um, just in my situation and where, where we're located and everything, I think the hardest part was getting um, my colleagues to buy in, my students to buy in, and my parents to buy in. Um, like getting the content and getting everything that was the easy part I thought for myself but it's actually getting um everyone else on board that was the hardest part and still a struggle at times yeah for sure okay so then let's talk about that so how you know I know that you from all of our conversations I know you've worked really hard to get your colleagues on board and I know you've had a lot of success with your getting your students on board as well so I don't know if we want like I'd love to talk about actually both of those um Let's talk, let's talk the colleagues first, and then let's talk a little bit about how you also got some of your students, um, you know, how you got your students to kind of embrace this different way of, of learning, because you did get that pushback that most of the, most teachers Definitely. get. Um, but so what, yeah, like what, what has been your experience trying to get your colleagues on board and what did you do and, and how has it worked? What, what has worked? What maybe hasn't worked? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think the first thing, once we decided this, um, I have a, a really good colleague, um, he's our chemistry teacher, that we're on the same page um, pretty much all the time, you know, and we're like all all in on this. So um, I had uh, my colleague Ben on, on board with me, which was a huge help um, to try to get everyone else online. Just like every district, and I, I'm sure we try to have vertical alignment meetings, but we might have one and then not have one for 10 years, you know? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know that's probably a little exaggerated, but... Um, Maybe not, though. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it, it felt like. So when NGSS first came out, we had a vertical um, meeting with K-12, through and of course, we're all on board. We're like, yep, 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 we can do this, we can do this. Well, during that course time, of course, people change jobs, we get new people in, and then we've never had a new meeting um, to try to fill anybody um, in on what's going on. Um, so I think the the first thing we needed to do was get our communication and our consistency throughout our district to be on the same page um, first, which we had really good support from our admin. Um, they are just like, okay, you guys are the science experts. You guys go ahead. You do what you think is going to be best and what we need to do. So that's what we were able to do that. Um, I think also um, just trying to to educate some of the, my colleagues on what's going on, because once again, most of them are around my age. And even the, the fresh kids right out of um, college, they weren't coming with um, skills to teach the NGSS either. So it was new for a lot of us. So just trying to get them to embrace this new style. It was something that was uncomfortable for them. Um, and it was something that um, they um, were doing a lot of things out of convenience and not necessarily things that were right. Mm-hmm. I know that some of our teachers, and not saying that they're bad teachers by any means, that's not what I'm trying to point out or get across, but they were still attached to the old standards and had not moved to the new standards as of some of our teachers, even to this year 
um, were still attached to those old standards for us. So getting them to break that um, comfort level, that comfort zone, and take that risk and move on to the new NGSS style of teaching. Um, what, what are some ways that you did that? Like, what did you find was effective in terms of kind of educating them or helping them um, just m- make that like mental switch? Like, I'm, I'm going to at least try this. Sure. Or I'm going to use these new standards. Like, what was successful? And maybe even if you found anything that, anything that like what didn't work? Well, um, what I have done is for the last several years, I kind of got myself um, involved with the process through the state. So I've met, made huge connections with people all over our state and within Kansas City and St. Louis areas. Um, Just people that had way more experience and knowledge than I do and that their districts were a little bit um, further than ours. So just getting resources for them. And then my, my first thing was just to share all the resources with them and let them kind of go through and like see if they had any questions. Well, you know, if you're most of us, when we get things from other teachers or we get things we're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to look at it later. I'm going to look at it later. Well, it's like four years now. And yeah. yet we still <laughs> looked at it. Um, not, not saying that they didn't appreciate it or anything, but just the fact that I don't have time. I'll make more time for it. And then you kind of forget about it. So then um, I kind of got a little bit frustrated with that because I was like, well, I'm giving these people all of this information. I'm giving it, giving. Well, then I needed to change my approach. So then what I did is just started talking about it when we had uh, professional development meetings. You know, just started talking about, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Um, knowing that they still hadn't really switched over yet. And I'd be like, oh, the kids just really love this. They really enjoyed doing this. And then they started asking questions like, well, how did you do that? I was like, okay, you know, okay, we got the ball rolling here, you know, so we're, we're making some progress, um, but still not quite ready to make that shift. So I thought, so my next step was just to talk about it and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what Ben's doing. This is, this is what's working for us. You know, um, this is how the kids feel about it. So I think doing that kind of got them, their wheels turning and like, maybe, okay, we're going to get ourselves out of park here and we're going to get going. Um, So then just, it just, it's a slow process. It, it took several years to get this accomplished. Um, so it just didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen in a year. So I had to be very patient, but I also had to be persistent almost to the point where I was maybe somewhat annoying about it, uh, <laughs> to be like, Hey, Hey, what's going on here? You know, how, how's it going? Checking in with them, yeah. you know, um, but not trying to, not trying to like, um, I don't know, not trying to say or discredit what they were doing at the same time, you know, that yeah. trying to find that balance. Yeah. yeah. It's like a tightrope kind of walking. It is a tightrope because we do get comfortable. We don't, we do get into a, um, a, a rhythm. Um, we get our, we get everything set the way we want it. And then we don't want to change it because it's convenient. And we right. know, and not saying that, you know, that what they were doing was bad or anything, um, but we needed to make some changes. Yes. So doing that, we then decided that um, at the at the high school level, we had already made a lot of switches many years ago, but we needed to get our elementary and we needed to get our middle school on board. So 
I know at the elementary level in our district, there's a lot of focus on math and math and reading. Yeah. Um, so science and social studies, those kind of things usually take a back seat. So what I found through my connections is that an easy way to try to get them on board because it wasn't going to do, they didn't have to do a lot of prepping. They didn't have to come up with anything. It was a, pro a program called Mystery Science um, that was already pre-planned for them. Um, some of you may already be familiar with that. But it was an easy way for us to get our elementary maybe on board just um, to, to get started. Right. Where here you go. There's really no prep. All you have to do is kind of look at it. You have to maybe get some supplies and, you right. know, copy some things off, you know, yeah. just trying to help them in that way. Make it really and easy. Yeah, it's kind of, it was basically scripted out for them and it allowed them to feel comfortable because a lot of them don't feel comfortable teaching science. And I get that. I mean, right. I totally do. So it was something that uh, was to maybe make them feel comfortable about approaching science. And like, yeah. here it is. And just that that net to fall back in. Yeah. So then we needed to get our middle school. It was kind of a mess. Um, so we had to decide, first of all, you know, do we want an integrated science or do we want a non-integrated science curriculum for our middle school? Um, in the past, we had a non-integrated where sixth grade was physical science, seventh grade was social or life science, and eighth grade was earth, which if you know anything about the NGSS, that's not really how it science is supposed to be taught. You're supposed to intertwine or integrate different standards together and not teach the standards alone like we had been in the past um, for the last several years. Yeah. So we had to figure out how we wanted to do that. And we decided um, as a group, you know, the, the middle school teachers and myself, um, I don't know, I kind of put myself in charge of it. I didn't really... Uh, <laughs> Um, get appointed to that position, but I, I just felt very passionate about it and um, wanted to see the changes. So um, that was, of course, spurred <laughs> by <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> so we talked, um, this was just last summer. And since um, moving to the integrated, then I found some resources because I know that was a huge thing. It was like, well, what kind of resources do we have? Because our resources are not set up for NGSS style. So our state science director, I, I kind of questioned and kind of asked her for some advice and some guidance on what type of resources. So she led me to some resources and I looked over them um, during quarantine. I had plenty of time to do that. So quarantine was probably um, really good for us to be able to do this. I don't know if we wouldn't have had the quarantine if we would have been able to make the switch um, for our kids this last fall. So I found a really good resource, um, shared them with the science, the middle school science, and they absolutely were like, okay, I'm sold. So I think giving them that support, because I did have some pushback um, from a couple that just weren't ready to make the switch. They'd already had everything planned out. Everything was already standard, but I had to keep reminding them to the old standards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> everything is to the old standards. So we need to make a jump and, and kind of get into the present now. Yeah. But I really think the key for me was being definitely being persistent being patient, but also finding those resources to make them comfortable with making that switch. And yeah. once they had the resources, um, they implemented this fall. And of course, there's some bumps, um, anything that's new. But right. I think generally, um, overall, I think it was good. And uh, we survived. Yeah. <laughs> we yes. survived the bumps. Um, so just moving forward with that. So I was pretty excited. Okay, awesome. Okay, so 
couple things that I noticed in, in what you said. So first of all, you you found somebody to kind of do this with, like the chemistry teacher who was also kind of on the same track so that you had someone to, even if, and I don't know what um, like role that person played in, in all the middle school and elementary school, but they were there for you at least to talk to and to, and to right. you know, right. not feel so we kind of, We both worked with the state um, at different levels and doing okay. different things and we did it together. So we were on the same page with that. Okay. Um, so that was really very beneficial for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So finding like a pal, your science buddy. Um, and then, so then you said you started with resources, but it didn't really work basically because people weren't ready. They, they just weren't interested in it, weren't ready. And it was right. like, after you then instead talked about it, kind of got them curious. It's almost like what we do in our classroom with the phenomena. You right. get them curious, you get them asking questions right. and then you give them the stuff, right. Instead of just giving the stuff. So with that in mind, do you think that like if you had to do it all over again, would you still kind of give the resources at the beginning? Or do you think you would just do all of the like, I'm trying this, I'm I'm doing this, look at what the kids are doing, they're so excited, and then wait for their questions? I think I would do, I think I would just forget about sending the resources okay. and just like let the buzz about it kind of yeah. get their curiosity and see, hey, what's going on over there? You know, yeah. I think I would just skip that. I feel like a lot of times, even with my husband, like when I, you know, see something about parenting or see something about this. And I'm like, I just want to send him this article because they explain it better than I would. But like, he doesn't care about the article and he doesn't want to read the exactly. article. And I feel like if I would just like talk to him about, these are my ideas and this is how I see right. it. And it, it probably would go over better too. So I think yes. that's probably just a natural, um, it, it feels better just to have someone else explain it, but sometimes it's better just to be talking about right. our experience with it. Okay. Thanks. So um, so kind of just creating that buzz, focusing on the impact on your students um, and, and like what you're doing in your classroom and getting that curiosity and then and then sharing the resources basically is kind of the flow um, that I'm like, we have my notes. That's, <laughs> you're talking. Yeah, that's kind of how I would um, go about that. Yeah. yeah. If I had to change it and do it over again. Yeah. And so. Just do it that way. Yeah. And um, the one other thing I wrote down was like your administrative support. So how important do you think it was that you got your administrators on board? And how did you do that? Like what, um, what are maybe some tips that you could offer to um, maybe teachers whose administrators just aren't, they're not science people, or they're not familiar with the new right. standards or anything like that? Um, well, for me, um, well, my husband being the high school principal, you know, and <laughs> him um, just knowing what I have been doing and how much time I had invested in what I'd been learning, um, just going through and seeing what we need to do and what's best for our kids. You know, he, even before that, he, he was always very supportive on whatever teachers, any, any discipline, whatever teachers wanted to do, if they thought that was the best, he'd just allow them. Uh, Other administrators, maybe not so, uh, just not as familiar with it. So just sharing and talking to them about, Hey, This is what we think we need to do with science. This is, do we have your support to do this? And ultimately, yeah, we did have all the support um, from elementary and from middle school teacher, or excuse me, principals, just to say, um, okay, you guys are the experts, then we're going to trust you to go ahead and and go through with this. But I think the key is communication with them, letting them know what's going on and just being like, hey, this is what's happening. This is what we need to do. We're not doing this. We need to get on board. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And having that conversation. And I think uh, one thing too that um, 
and, and probably with parents as well, but administrators like explaining how it looks different, I think is one thing. Cause I know a lot of teachers get tripped up because they're like, well, my administrator says I have to do it this way, or I have to do it that way. And a lot of times it's just, well, we need to just communicate. Like that's my, maybe how it worked well with the old standards or in the past, but this is how this way of teaching, you know, flows. And this is why maybe doing that's not the best thing. And just, and just having that conversation and and I think I think that's an important thing. Just just communicating key is communicating with them and just keeping them informed because they have a lot of other things that they have to take care of and they're not necessarily maybe focused on the science curriculum. Yeah, you know, that is math true. curriculum or whatnot. So just keeping them updated and um letting them know that you're attending like the because we have monthly um content meetings um for um, science, math, English, social studies, and just letting them know, hey, this is what I heard at the new content meeting. You know, what's this is what's going on. So just making sure that you keep them informed of what's um, happening. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Now, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but maybe really quickly, what are some um, tips or things that you found effective in getting students and parents on board? Well, um, with the students, um, just coming in and just kind of telling them, hey, this is going to be a little bit different from what you're used to. Um, so just give it a try, you know, um, be be free to take a risk. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. We're going to go through it. We're going to figure out why we're wrong. Um, just asking them to have an open mind and be willing to try this new style. Yeah. Um, and it kind of took probably about a quarter um, for them to get comfortable and using it. But after that, now it's just gone like, wow, wildfire. They're like, okay, what are we doing now? What's, what's the next step here? Yeah. Um, and I have sophomores and freshmen and then um, a few juniors and seniors in my anatomy class. But my bulk of my day is freshmen and sophomores. And now it's just like really cool how they're excited. Okay, what's next? Okay, are we carrying on? What, what's going to happen today? You know, and it's like, Oh, all right. It's like every teacher's dream, right? That your your kids are like excited to come into the class and talk about biology or whatever you're teaching. And for the parents, just communicating with them, um, sending out maybe like just a brief little letter, you know, and explaining the differences. You know, when you were taught biology, this is how it was. But now we have a new style of teaching and yeah. we're trying to prepare students to be better critical thinkers and better problem solvers, yeah. you know, and the way that we were doing it, necessarily was not um testing or um improving those skills you know so maybe sending out a letter at the beginning of the year you know this is how science is different and maybe giving them examples because that's what we did here's like an example of what an old lesson looks like but here's what a new lesson looks like you know just kind of like at a generic um version of that yeah Um, that's great i think examples i'm an examples person and anytime someone tells me something i'm like can you can you give me an example like what were the words that you would use to do that or or how would that look um and i think that definitely helps and i i like what you also get you kind of gave like the rationale or the reason behind it and and so i feel like with um even with like the new math and english like the common core standards a lot of parents see that it's being done differently and don't understand, like when I hear complaints about those standards and things like that, and I'm not super familiar because I don't really, my, my daughter's not in official kindergarten yet because she's <laughs> fall birthday, whatever. And um, so I'm not super familiar with them, but to the extent that I'm obviously just a little bit familiar with, right, whatever language arts and math, right? Because we incorporate that into to science to an extent as well. Um, 
But anyway, I think a lot of the complaints we see with that is like, we're doing it differently, but I'm not understanding the rationale behind it. You know, like the new math standards, it's really about getting that conceptual understanding of math or whatever. And just like we want conceptual understanding of science, a deeper level understanding. But when, if that's not communicated to the parents, they just see like, they're doing it differently. I don't understand why they're doing it differently. It's harder to do it this way. Why are we doing that? And the same thing is true with these standards. It's, it's harder to do it this way in the sense that you actually have to think, you know, you're not just like memorizing vocabulary and spitting it back. Um, but right. there's the reason behind it. So giving that rationale as well as this is why we're doing it. And this is how it's going to look and how it looks different. I, I think that's like a good combination that I've heard yeah. from a lot of other teachers who've been in that kind of boat too. So, so yeah. how has, how did your parents respond to that? Like respond to those letters and have you gotten a lot of pushback since like communicating or. Um, for me at the high school level, no, um, I haven't had any pushback or anything um, with that at all. Um, I think there's more at the middle school just because it's new. It's hard. It's the first time that they're introduced to it. So yeah. I think there were a lot of parents that were um, really frustrated because they didn't understand um, yeah. exactly what. It, and I don't know if they necessarily sent out a letter at the middle school level. Um, I don't I can't say yes or no on that. Yeah. Um, so. I think just communicating with the parents um, definitely would be yeah. key. Yeah. So, yay, awesome. Okay, so last minute, what, what advice would you give teachers who are working um, with others who maybe their like colleagues aren't as excited about this type of teaching? Like, what advice would you give them? Well, what I would do is I would just uh, I would just talk about it just like these. Hey, this is what we're doing. Hey, um, would, would you want to come in and watch a lesson? Invite them into your classroom. Um, I know that um, when teachers like examples, they like to see yes. it in action. So, hey, come on in when, you know, on your free time or something, you know, just pop in for five minutes, you know, Um Actually, and some of the kids are my biggest seller as well. You know, they're just like, oh, do you know what we did in Mrs. Harper's class today? Can we do that? Can't we do something yeah. like that? You know, that not necessarily the assignment, but like how they went about the assignment. You know, we right. did like a round table today or we did we did this. Or, you know, so sometimes just getting your kids on board um, to help. Um, with that as well, um, they can be your ally. In yeah, they're like a little ambassadors going out into the yeah. other science. Um, I would also just, you know, be persistent and just be patient with them, but also be there, um, maybe help them sit down and plan out a lesson. Um, that's what I did for my middle school teachers. I just created a form that allowed them to put in every single part of that and what they were going to be doing for that. So just being there to support them and maybe helping them plan through it. Um, we're doing it together. So yeah, doing like the co like co-planning and things like that. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here, Nicole. I always love talking with you. And I'm, this has been a question that like so many teachers have been asking Aaron and I about, or I've seen posted or, so I think this will be um, a really good resource that we can, we can awesome. share. So thank you so much for being here. No problem. I appreciate it. I always All right, enjoy well, talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, uh, thank you, all of my Teaching Science and 3D listeners. Um, if you have any questions, uh, Nicole is going to, I'll put it in the show notes, her email, and you can get in touch with her if you want to ask her anything. Um, as always, you can connect with Aaron and I on Facebook, Instagram, our websites, all of that's in the show notes as well. And thank you, as always, for being a listener. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. 
While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.